Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and right here we have the lovely Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm great, Rick. How are you? I'm doing good. I've got to get used to the new uh, opening, the new title sequence, because I think my brain was waiting to hear the the sound of the old one. I don't know. <laughs> I know. It surprised me a little. Because it's always a surprise, because... Sally, which is what we call the blog talk computer, Sally counts down five, four, three, two, one. But then there's a much longer than one second pause between when she hushes and the music starts. So, and it's never the same length of time either, no. eh? Like she, there's like no she's, planning or. At first, I thought they were leaving blank the spot where it used to say blog talk radio because they gave us the option to turn that off. So I did, <laughs> and and uh, I thought she was just leaving a blank spot like. So they could edit it in later if they needed to or wanted to, but no, no, that wasn't it. So I, I think it's just a random to see if we'll sit here and be quiet rather random, than go. Is it working? Glitch <laughs> in the system. It's the patience test for the hosts, like we do That's to the guests awesome. after we banter for a bit. <sighs> so the Canadians are doing stuff, being what? change makers and stuff. Air Canada, I I believe it was today that Air Canada took their first biofuel flight from Toronto to Mexico City. That's absolutely fabulous. I'm so happy to hear that because I just watched one of the most disgusting documentaries um, last night. You're not watching that shale oil stuff again, are you? No, it was from CBC, and I've never been so embarrassed to be Canadian in my my life. Never in my life have I been so embarrassed to be Canadian. What our oil companies are doing in third world countries is absolutely disgusting. And I'm just uh, it, well. This I, is you know, sustainable, so really sustainably excited. produced biofuel. And I'm really excited that you're saying that that's a Canadian company that's mm-hmm. taken that kind of leap because that kind of balances out, which doesn't make what the oil companies are doing right. But at least there's companies out there that are conscious about this and they're taking and, action and, to do something about it. So at yay. least there's places <laughs> we could put our attention that would be pleasing. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've never, I've never felt that before. I've never ever actually felt. I mean, I'm not really into the whole proud to be anything. You know what I mean? Proud to yeah, be Canadian, no, proud to be U.S. I, I, I'm proud to be an Earthling. Yeah, proud to be human for sure. But what the hell is the border thing? I don't get that. But whatever, you know. But I mean, for for one brief moment in my 36 years, I was really crushed and embarrassed to be Canadian. And I don't know. I've never experienced that in my life before. Um, it's never been, you know, it's always been, I'm Canadian, we care about stuff. <laughs> you know, that's, people just accept that as a, a fact. And then I was confronted with this really in-your-face representation of what is going on in some other countries because of companies that come from my own country. And I was like, oh, no, that's horrible. But, no, that's awesome. Yeah. So they went from Toronto to Mexico, Mexico? City. That's so exciting. Big big Air Canada flight, you know, big long nonstop. And uh um uh, I, I, I didn't have time to like research but you know, just read their 
the article based on the press release of that it was sustainable biofuel now what they're making it out of they it's like here we're making ethanol out of corn in the United States well that's well, just the silliest thing people and animals eat corn leave it alone Brazil they're Brazil, to, they're down there they're making gonna, it out. <laughs> they're going to have to do something with your GMO crops. They might as well make nah, well, a out of it. Cause it's <laughs> yeah, because I'm not going to eat it. But, they're not edible. But um, the um, Brazilians decided not to use corn because, you know, they were like, what? We eat that. And they, But they had all this switchgrass-looking stuff. And uh, so that's what they make it out of, weeds. That's awesome. Well, I mean, and they pretty much quit when they were really pushing it. They had a government change and things relaxed a little bit. When they were really pushing it, they they just almost completely stopped importing oil. All new cars, they 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 made a rule that they had to be able to run on pure ethanol. Uh, of course, it's not quite pure. They put a little gasoline in it to so people won't drink it. But uh, I always thought that's interesting because ethanol is ethanol. Running out of the pump, trying to drink it. Ick. Yeah. Yeah. Ick. I mean, who would do that? They got liquor stores everywhere. What? I think. Or, this, why this are they so why, scared of that? But anyway, this is, it, what, it, this is why it's so funny that they're putting gasoline in it because the same people that would drink ethanol fuel would also sniff gasoline to get high. So I mean, now you're just giving it to them in one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one handy. One handy mixed. Um, one stop, one great, stop shopping. One stop shopping for your yeah. high and your. And you're drunk all at the same time. Um, oh, I don't, you know, it, it is what it is. I, but it's really exciting to see that companies are doing this on on a large scale. Like, wow. Yeah, like, you know, a lo- nonstop flight from Toronto to Mexico City. That's uh, on biofuel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They didn't just hop from Toronto to Montreal. They they went for the long haul. So, uh, I thought it was interesting that here was a big picture of an Air Canada plane lifting off and an article about alternative fuel use just hours before tonight's show with tonight's guest. It seems appropriate. on topic and appropriate. Yeah. Yet again. Yet again. Yet again. Yet Indeed. Absolutely. Yes, our our guest tonight um, definitely knows all about biofuel and and um, something even further than biofuel, uh, even more clean than biofuel. If you can get more clean than biofuel, um, so that's it's going to be an exciting night tonight because he's got some stuff for us to learn. Yeah, and oh. we have Mad Trekkies in the chat room, and Mad Trekkies here on the radio. So yeah. that that bit will always be fun. Uh, I hear the, I hear the giggle from the from the uh, background. I always love it when people giggle. I just I don't know. Guffaw laughter, belly laugh is good, but I think those are better when you have them than when you listen to them. But giggles always get me. <laughs> when you giggle, when some when guest is talking, it always gets me. Well, I'm glad I can amuse. You so. Know? what I'm here for, just we, to show up and make you laugh. Yeah. We might get on to, uh, well, yeah, we do this because it's fun, right? Indeed. It's uh, it's what it we're all about it? here. I would... Oh, what did what you What did you do? <laughs> Is that a sound bite? Oh, That's my God. That's a sound bite just for That's you. my 
Wee. What are you doing pulling my Wii and making it sound? No, this is not. I've had this. This is not my Wii? I've had this Wii for, oh, 20 years. Oh, really? 15 at least. Yeah. Uh That's what my computer used to do when I emptied the recycle bin, was go Wii. How many times have I said that on the show? That's too funny. Yeah, so I I got one for you in case you're not feeling well, I can Wii for you. Oh, that's great. And then it makes you feel better. <laughs> it totally made me laugh. I was like, oh my goodness, that's my wee. That's my wee. So, since we're a wee on, on the air, as always, let us welcome our uh, guest for this evening, Mr. Carl Sheldon. How are you, Carl? Oh, great, Rick. <clears throat> I'm pleased to be on your show. And uh, Jane, too, as well. Uh, we're, we're pleased to have you. Oh, we're uh, thrilled. Absolutely. So, because you're a first-time guest, we'll have to get to the first-time question, and then we'll go from there, and we'll talk about all sorts of innovative and interesting ideas. But, okay. uh, but at first, if you if you don't mind telling our listeners, who the hell are you, and what do you do? <laughs> well, I'm going on 70 years old, but I uh, uh, I didn't do well in high school, but I uh, made it to the university. But by the time I made it to the university. They uh, that professors asked me why was I there? It was a waste of my time. I knew more than a graduate student then. So uh, I pursued companies, and now I, I founded five companies, of which are doing a lot of things, which will be beneficial for mankind and all the people of the planet, including all the animals, all, all every, every life form on the planet. I dedicated my life to doing this. Uh, I'm originally from Brattleboro, Vermont. Uh, I now live in Georgia, Vermont. And we have a company called Quantum Dynamics, which is specializing in energy, uh, uh, renewable energy, uh, getting away from any petroleum whatsoever, and and uh, towards uh, hydrogen. We have three-quarters of the Earth that's covered with water, so let's let's use that as a fuel because that hydrogen is the fuel of the stars, and that's the ultimate fuel. Uh, as as for any of my other background, I, I've uh, I've had a very extensive background: physics and chemistry, engineering. Uh, I spent four years as surgical assistant at the uh, Wetter Allen. I uh, I've been in police work. And I've always came home to my private research lab to do the uh, research that I've always wanted to do, both in chemistry, physics, electronics, and engineering. Uh, and then at one point in my life, I was out looking at the stars and thinking about what, I, what am I going to do for the rest of my life that's going to be meaningful. And it was just like a beam of light, something just beamed into my head and said hydrogen. And it gave me an image in my mind and showed me what to do. And what I did was I tested it, and it worked, and I was hooked. I knew that 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 was the truth. And so I've been working on it since 1976 and studying it. There's lots of people out there producing uh, different little hydrogen systems for vehicles and trucks, but they don't take the time to uh, choose the right materials, nor do they, uh, uh, they're out for just a dollar bill rather than the safety. And uh, 
Uh, I'm not saying they're not trying. They're at least trying, and that's the main that's the main objective. If you're sitting back doing nothing and uh, allowing the government just uh, to run over us and uh, tell us what to do and what we're going to buy and what we're not going to buy, and, uh, that's something that's unacceptable to me and, and everybody else on the planet. So it's, it's time that we take this planet back ourselves, do the things ourselves, because we're all of us are capable of understanding and, and learning these things. And uh, so we can pursue these things immediately. And I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm saying within uh, less than this year, I will have uh, some new technology that will pretty much startle uh, some people on the planet. Um, I... Uh, I two years ago I couldn't uh, I couldn't walk I couldn't drive because I ended up with Parkinson's and uh, it was that fall that I sat down in the chair and I was having a Michael J Fox day shaking all over and again something beamed in my head it was like telepathy I said go to my lab and make this I went to my lab and I made this device it looked like a little hand phaser. But it was electromagnetic, and I adjusted the frequency as I was instructed to do. Put it on my forehead for five minutes, and the next day I was completely off all of the Parkinson pills. And I haven't had signs of Parkinson's for two years. It's also been applied towards arthritis and nausea, as well as headaches. And uh, it's really uh, it's an amazing device that we are now in in one of our five companies preparing to go to production so that people can get off a lot of drugs. Because uh, between the drug companies, the oil companies, and all the crooked politicians in Washington, uh, you know, and they, and, they, and they talk about how bad or corrupt the other countries are. Well, we're we going to start cleaning house here and making this, this, uh, this planet a better place in which to live. Uh, after after I got that uh, in the spring, all of a sudden I got this inf information that just came to my mind, showing me how to make this molecular structure. So I went to my lab and started synthesizing this compound. And, and when I finally looked at the compound and ran it under a test to produce hydrogen and oxygen, it uh, started off at at about 50, 60 volts at 4 amps. And when it reaches maximum temperature, which is almost boiling point, it was producing a tremendous amount of hydrogen and oxygen. And at that point, I looked over to the amp meter, it was reading one amp. In other words, 80% of the input power had dropped off, but the reaction remained the same. So I had discovered something that no one else has ever discovered. Then I go on and I see the, uh, uh, the the movie Thrive, and in during that movie Thrive, I noticed they showed a close-up of the crop circles, and in the crop circles, embedded into the hay itself, was these little crystals, and they look identical to the crystals that I have in my lab. Well, so I saw, well, that's quite a coincidence. Perhaps uh, you know I'm get I am getting help from my ET friends. So uh, I've been pursuing that. And uh, we, uh, 
are going to help people uh, to get rid of the oil and gasoline very, very soon. I'm working on another system that will run just strictly on water, and that, that's going to that's gonna happen. Uh, I'm going to make that happen. Uh, it between now and next first of next year. That's awesome. We uh, we desperately need a uh, well. I don't know about desperately, but eagerly need uh, an alternative, and that is a huge uh, component of our fossil fuel use is cars and trucks, particularly large trucks, uh, transportation trucks, eighteen wheelers. I guess we call them colloquially. And, the, uh, and a huge the, source of of, uh, of our carbon dioxide emissions, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, I have an associate that was uh, on the advising board. She's into uh, growing algae. Now, algae loves carbon dioxide. So, and it, it simply exchanges that, but it gives up oxygen as it, as it grows. And it grows, and it can be used as a food source. So, uh, there's, there's a way to absorb lot of CO2 in the atmosphere. Um, the, uh, in terms of the trucks, uh, what system we're working on is one that's reliable and very efficient that would go into trucks and into diesel engines, especially big diesels on uh, trains, where they'll cut the emissions uh, tremendously and give them greater gas mileage, as well as it will strip out the carbon out of the engine itself. We've had an associate uh, from California drive from West Coast to the East Coast and back and examine the oil after they had it running on partially hydrogen with the diesel fuel. And the engine oil looked just as clean as, the, as, the, as it did when they first put it in there. So it keeps it clean and the engine runs cooler. Therefore, the, uh, the noxious gas, uh, the, the bad, or, the bad uh, toxic gas, gets reduced dramatically. So that's something we definitely need. Uh, so I've been pursued. Uh, we are working on a potential uh, deal for, I'll just say, an island group that's interested in having me develop a system that will produce a sufficient amount of, uh, we call it high-ox fuel, uh, that, will, that will blend in with their diesel engine to cut their fuel costs because they're worried about the Chinese uh, siphoning most of the oil off on the world. And with the approach that I'm taking, uh, eventually we will get off you know, completely off oil, and this will help them tremendously. And uh, they want that will spread across all of the islands in the Caribbean. Wow. It's fantastic. And, um, and a, a good, efficient uh Hydrogen oxygen separation process uh, could be uh, could be utilized uh, for fuel cells as well, couldn't it? Oh, oh yes, absolutely. With the with the what they call uh, this new advanced crystal, I can separate the hydrogen to, uh, just by putting the uh, one of the electrodes in a con uh, a sealed container, uh, open container, but it, its oxygen be directed outside, separate from the hydrogen. And therefore, we can put the the hydrogen itself, and perhaps maybe some deuterium goes with it, uh, 
it will cause a fuel cell to generate a tremendous amount of power. Now, one of my other associates who lives in uh, Hopewell, New Jersey, name is Michael Stritsky. He's well known throughout the world. Uh, he's uh, completely, his house, he's completely offline. He's got uh, large solar panels in the back. He's got big, huge tanks of low-pressured hydrogen stored being made all day long in the sunlight and, and stored there. And he's completely offline, and, uh, and whatever solar that's not being applied to creating uh, hydrogen, it's running part of his house. And then after that, when it gets dark, the hydrogen comes out of these, these pressurized tanks and back into the fuel cell and generate power for the house. So Ford was such impressed with him. They gave him a, 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 one of the six aluminum Ford cars they had. And, of course, they destroyed the rest of them. And uh, he took this aluminum car and converted it to a fuel cell with a motor, electric motor drive, because that's better than any engine that it could ever be produced. Electric motors have the highest torque, highest uh, efficiency. So he put that in the car. He's able to get uh, 400 miles on a simple low-level charge of hydrogen directly from those tanks, and he can get up 140 miles an hour. So, uh, so now he then he converted uh, his lawnmower into a fuel cell operation, so he's running that. He's a very close associate of mine. We are working together on this new advanced, advanced fuel systems that require little or no uh, uh, electrolyte or catalyst within the within this system. Now, the crystals that I've, I've manufactured, uh, we, I call them the ET power crystals because that's I got that, you know, it came to me just just like telepathy. You know, it, and I have the skill. I've got four, over 40 over 40 years of uh, engineering, chemistry, physics, electronics, machining. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna mention you worked in the development of the uh, lanthanum hexaboride crystal. So yes, I did. You have developed commercially applied crystal technologies what? before. Sorry, okay. For for us, for us non. See, I got two tech guys on the air tonight, so Uh-oh. I got to slow you guys down. First of all, for all the non-tech people out there that are sitting there, like we ran off into tech open, going, yeah. "What the hell are they talking? What is that crystal that you just spoke of, Rick? What's it called? Say it again and explain what that is and what practical applications it's used in, so that people have an idea of what crystals can be used for." Well, it's a lanthanum hexaboride crystal, and uh, I would imagine that uh, Carl could give us a better brief explanation of what it's used for than I could. Yeah, well, I, I was uh, I was a uh, an outside uh, engineer consultant for a company called Lad Research. They're an electron microscopy company, and of course, in electron microscopes, they use a tungsten wire as a as a source of electrons. Uh, and tungsten wires, regardless of the scope, whether it's a SEM or TEM, it, uh, it'll last maybe 20 hours. So they were looking for some crystal. Well, some other company had uh, developed a crystal that they came to me in the lab. They said, could you, could you develop this crystal? I, I looked at it and said, I'll give it a shot. And so I uh, bought the material in. I processed it with the uh, vacuum evaporation and a special chemical process, and 
the cost of me to do this uh, was like $350. The cost of IBM to do the same thing, binder-free, to do the lanthanum hexaboride crystal, it cost them $350,000. So it goes to show that uh, there's, a, there's a problem of, you know, what value they're putting on their people and getting, you know, and, and still not getting any better results. Now, what happens with this crystal, it's, it's, it's a hardened little crystal you put in between two electrodes, and when you put it in an electron microscope, it'll last a thousand hours. It emits electrons. It's got called a thermionic emission. By thermionic, meaning that once heat is applied to the crystal, the crystal will give off electrons. Electrons pass through substance. And the image of the substance shows up on a fluorescent screen. Right. For the uh, electron microscope. Just a brief translation maybe for the uh for the non for the non technical. An electron microscope lets us look at much smaller things than we can look at oh, yes. with light. Uh because with visible light you run into the size of the light waves and how it's reflected and refracted off of a surface. And an electron microscope is instead of a light microscope that uses light, it uses electrons to illuminate the target. And right. uh, we, know uh, we look at really tiny stuff with it that way. And oh, yeah. uh, much like tungsten filament in a light bulb only lasts a few dozen hours, a few hundred hours, uh, this crystal emitter lasts a thousand hours. So uh, much, oh, yeah. much more efficient uh, and something that's, you know, widely and it, used. And it's relatively cheap to make. If you if you know what you're doing, it's easy to make. Uh what I what I simply did was take uh they say, well how you how are you gonna how are you gonna fuse this? You know, because you need to fuse it. And uh so and fusing it just means that you gotta compress it together under a certain amount of heat and pressure. So what I did is I just took some graphite uh, very thin graphite, had it machined out properly, and then I impacted the material in the shape of the graphite, put it in electron, uh, a uh, vacuum evaporator, uh, put the two electrodes together, turn it on, and it, became, and it caused the carbon or the graphite to heat up to a, a white hot and left it there for a period of time. And then after that a period of time, we slowly bring the temperature down so we don't get crystal fracturing. And then, uh, then the uh, carbon gets stripped away, and there's a crystal. So that's how it's done. Yeah, amazing stuff. So I just wanted to point that out to folks that, uh, uh, you know, you're not uh, some crazy guy that you know grew crystals from the thing you get at the dime store. <laughs> uh, it, it it because it can. Uh, Zach was mentioning in the chat room that, you know, we get us all up in a room and set up a voice recorder, probably start sounding like a sci-fi movie soundtrack after a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But but these things are real. I'm but these th these things are real objective uh, technology Mike, that is, Mike? is you know, here right now, can be done right now. 
that have practical applications. And I think that's oh, right. what people need to hear. They need to hear that they have practical applications. And, you know, everybody that's terrified, okay, if we could run a car off of water, then the oil thing falls apart, and that means the whole world kind of falls apart. Well, oh, no, no. we can blend yeah. it in at first so that we, we don't have to replace every right, engine we, on, this, on the road. And then over ready? 20 years, you, you would be switched over. You know. Well, I think it, I think it would take less than that because you know the Japanese have now just announced they had a little car that was running on hydro on just water. So I, I saw the video, and what I do for my uh, friends on Facebook who go to my uh, I have a site called United People's Planet, and uh, that that is, is as you are, we're all trying to unite together because uh, the uh, we are obviously. Uh, can overcome the 1% that's controlling all of us. So anyways, uh, the the hydrogen, uh, what was I, I, I'm sorry, I was on what subject, uh, uh, like, excuse me, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, the, the, the economic di- disruption, if we... Disruption, oh yeah, yeah. well, that, that'll, uh, that will get phased out fairly quickly because, look, the... Uh, the the Arabs that produce all the oil, they don't have nothing to refine it with. Uh, the oil companies, when they went to Washington, they sat there in front of the committee in Washington and said, well, look, you know, we need these subsidies. I said, yeah, they need the subsidies while our young people need jobs. Uh, people are starving on the street. The old people are just going to hell. And I said, look, we just can't, we can't put up it anymore. Why should we subsidize you? And one of the one of the oil executives says, "Well, if we don't get any subsidy, we'll just uh, take it out of the country." You know, if I was a se- congressman or senator, I would have said, "Take it out of the country, but we're still going to charge you because there's technology we know that does exist that does work, and you guys have been suppressing it for years, and and we can no longer put up with that. We 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 got the power to do this. We got the power to make the change. I mean, take a look at the." A, a simple Stirling engine, it, it, it runs off just heating the tip. Now, I, I suggested to the Canadian group that I've been associated with, and they're very interested in coming down and seeing me, friends I've known for years. I said, take the tip, make a big one. If the people get together, the mechanics get together and have a, a small community, put the tip of this this, this uh, sterled, large Stirling engine in the stove. Leave the heat exchanger outside in the extreme cold. House the flywheels, big flywheels, and put on one side of the flywheel, put a pump with water circulating out of and, and around the stove, giving hot water to the house. At the other side, you hook the other side to a generator, providing electrical power using LEDs, because they last hundreds of thousands of hours, as opposed to any other lighting. Now, there's a source right there. You can get completely off the oil because you use wood chips, wood pellets. So you don't need the oil. So I'm trying to get the, that they can, you know, I'm trying to get you know, a friend up there of mine to, uh, to understand this and, and utilize it. It's been developed by a Scottish minister back in the late 1800s, and it worked very well. And they said those people in Africa need to have died. Because if they had some people who care enough to want to put the, some of these uh, big ones out there, make good big ones and pump water, 
deep ground up so they could grow crops and survive. But no, nobody thinks about that. All they, you know, the all they think about is building bridges that go nowhere. And uh, it's about time everybody chips in and, and uses their mind. Everybody has the capability of learning all these things. You know, there's no one out there that's uh, that. You could say, well, I can't understand this. I can't do this. They just have to be shown how to do it. I can teach anybody any subject. It sounds cocky. I'm saying to you, just like I say to everybody else, if you don't believe what I say or write, come to my private lab here in Vermont. You can pick it up with your hands and see it for your first time and see it working. And that's that's been your big argument all along, though, Carl, hasn't it, that everybody is capable of contributing to this. So um, it's it's almost break time for us, so I'm thinking we should yeah. probably take a quick break, and then when we get back, I want to talk about your ideas for getting people more involved because you you claim that even people like me who, you know, sometimes I fight just to get my computer to work can actually look at some of your plans and, and learn how to make this stuff work for themselves, oh. and that's a really exciting concept. Absolutely, and I, yeah, I, I guarantee I am. And uh, the fact that I go on YouTube, I look at their devices that are being made there, and what I do to my data to people my on my website or Facebook, I'm going to copy that, and I'm going to try it myself. If it works, I will verify that it works and, and confirm it to you so you can build your own. That's a pretty awesome way of looking pretty, at the world. Pretty yeah. awesome. Pretty awesome deal. Absolutely. So we're going to have a, some shout-outs and some music, Absolutely. station break, something like that. I always thought that was interesting, station break. Station break. The station is broken. What? <laughs> no. Um, this will give everybody time to uh, run and refill their drinks or do whatever they need to do. Or sit and or listen sit to the and music. Or sit and listen yeah. music. It's good music. Absolutely. So we're going to have... Uh, some brief words, and then uh, Jordan Okrand with his song uh, Bottled Up. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. And now a word from our sponsors. All things are ruled and shaped by patterns. Every moment is filled with symbolism and synchronicity. Understanding the symbols that shape our lives can provide us with guidance and a greater sense of freedom as we gain the ability to navigate the subconscious. Mama Webb draws on 16 years of research into world mythology, theology, symbols, tarot, archetypes, and natural healing, combining that knowledge with intuition, personal experiences, and witnessing journeying, supporting over 700-plus clients on their paths to peace. Mama Webb is able to provide unique insight into the forces that guide our lives and shape our worldviews. You can find Mama at mamaweb.com or call one 855 The life of a creator can be challenging without the support of a loving family. When your inner child calls, will you have the courage to answer? If you're looking for a safe place to play in the artistic energy of life, a place where you can be embraced for all the beauty that you naturally hold within, then the inner child family is the perfect place for you. A safe haven for artists, poets, and musicians, this uniquely accepting group of individuals is waiting to welcome you with open arms. Be it support that you seek, publishing assistance, or just a fun, friendly place to hang your virtual hat, you've found a second home in Inner Child. 
go home to IamInnerChild.com. Are you looking for answers, clarity, and relief? Are you seeking resolution to the issues in your life that are leaving you feeling confused, upset, and out of control? Are you experiencing the same situation over and over again? Are you ready to move forward and let go of what no longer works? Or is your mission to bridge the gap between human and animal, allowing for the relationship between you and your companion to deepen and flourish? With the help of the gentle guiding hand of Akashic visionary and animal communicator, Inez Martin, you can find the answers that you are looking for. Open your heart to the possibilities by visiting Inez at VisionaryLifeConsultant.com. And now for some irregularly scheduled music.
right, folks. That was our good friend, Jordan Okren. I so dig that song. I don't know if it's just because the video is so epic or because the backstory to the video is so epic or it's because Jordan's so epic. The experience is so epic. Yeah, it really is. Like, he's just such a little musical genius for such a young... There's an amazing story behind that. I mean, we... Yeah, we won't get into it tonight. Everybody go to the website and listen to the Jordan Okren show when he was actually a guest. Yeah. And on our website now, we have over 100 hours. We're Thursday going to celebrate our one-year anniversary over here, blog talking. And um, we have over 100 hours of audio. It's all... Right there, free, our gift to Earth, and uh, if we can be so bold. And um, uh, all you have to do, there's a search box right at the top of the front page. Just go to everydayconnection.me. You want to hear Dr. Terry Walls, you just put in Walls, W-A-H-L-S, and it'll pop up her show and her reflections. Uh, So. and don't forget that we're also for for those of you listening who um who who don't like to sit in front of your computer all the time, which I can truly appreciate, especially during the summer season. We are available on iTunes, so all of our shows can be accessed through iTunes. So if you just like to walk out in the bush or on the trails or whatever and and listen to some of these incredible guests that we've had, you you can do that, which is also epic. Epic. Everything's epic. Everything's epic today. (laughs) Epic today. This is very good. Epic. But uh, let's see. Copy what? This goes, wow. 98 episodes, says iTunes. 98 episodes. You know, in TV, when you get to your 100th episode, it's like they they throw an epic party for Our anniversary is going to fall on our 99th episode. Our 100th episode. Shut up. This is our 99th episode. That's epic. <laughs> See there? That's so I'm, cool. I'm looking right here, and it starts with Premier Everyday Connection right all the way up to Michael Angelica, June 15th. Which wow, would have been June. Last Thursday's show. That's 98 shows. So this would be show number 99. This is 99. And Thursday... Because today's Tuesday, right? I don't right. know. Right. Thursday, which will I'm be back our... to writing, so I'm confused. What day is it? I don't know. Well, I don't know. It's eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Thursday, we're going to celebrate. Uh, uh, we have a great guest who has done a lot of uh, amazing and interesting work up there in London, Ontario. Uh, everything from chronicling his journey to running for youth council to quite a fellow. But we're also going to celebrate that that being our 100th episode and our yeah, one year anniversary. anniversary. And, you oh, know, no. and have now a- some of those early episodes are only an hour, but the vast majority of them are an hour and a half. So that's, I felt I was safe saying over 100 hours, but now I know for sure. That's uh, crazy, eh? And wow. it's right here on iTunes, Price. Free and you run down this column of ninety-eight episodes all on one page, and it says free right next to every one of them. And you sign up for the podcast, and you miss the show on Tuesday night. Get up Wednesday morning to jog or run or bike. Your the night before's episode just on your pod iPod. I can't ask for more. What really? 
We try to make it easy. We do. Because it's our it's our gift to everybody. Uh, it's our passion to do this. Nutty like that we are. Yeah. I don't know what that's all about. I'm not making, really sure. Well, I, I think I know what it's okay, all about. So I know. I bet our guest knows what that's all about. Making things free and easily and readily available. <laughs> what it's all about. To everybody. <laughs> That'll get uh, I'm sorry that you had to be on the first night that we had we on the sound effects, uh, Carl. Oh, oh, okay. We haven't really had any sound effects before. Well, I, I, I do sound effects. I did it for the motion picture uh, for special effects for after aftermarket companies and sci-fi groups and so I'm well versed into that. I got the, over 50 years of music and and, and just sound engineering experience. So, so, so let's let's talk about this free and easily accessible to everybody because I know that Carl, that's your vision. Yeah. I mean, that's that's your ultimate. People can do this at home. Vision that they don't need to rely on exterior sources, external sources. See, I am out of it tonight. There's something going on. I can't even speak. External sources to provide them with their power and ultimately their food as well. So let's talk about that. I mean, because that's an exciting concept too for somebody who's really working at the genius level that you're working at. I mean, you and Einstein probably would have gotten along great. Um, (laughs) But, well, no, because really, I mean, but you're, you're more about about encouraging others to get their hands dirty. You don't want to do it for them and make, you know, millions of dollars off it. You want to teach them how to do it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just like the whole thing. is If you feed somebody the fish, uh, that's fed them for one day. But if you alert, teach them how to fish, then they'll feed them for alert time. You know, I'm, I'm not a religious individual. I'm just say, saying that, that that's a uh, statement that's true for this. Now, people all have the intelligence enough to do these things. Uh, they just got to stop and think about what's around them, what's being thrown away. You know, I, I saw I saw some young people take uh, some bottle caps. It was just aluminum. Now, it it's true that they, they, they have to work with a, a very uh, dangerous compound called calcium hydroxide. But they had a small fuel cell, and the fuel cell was connected to this radio-controlled vehicle with a lot of with a lot of torque on it. All they did was drop into this little pressure container. They put a little bit of sodium potassium hydroxide in, and then they uh, added some of uh, these aluminum beer cap cap. Uh, they pull off. It's aluminum. They drop it in, and it produces three times the aluminum uh, hydrogen. In other words, three H2O, three molecules of hydrogen. And that mod, then I filter it, it goes to the fuel cell, and I just, that vehicle ran just on aluminum. And it's recyclable because once it forms a aluminum, uh, potassium aluminate, it can be recycled back into aluminum and potassium hydroxide again. So, but that, like I said, the danger part of it is the potassium hydroxide. Now, on a simpler matter, uh, I've seen other people do the uh, the water battery. And if I buy a water battery, it's just simply taking a zinc, just a big zinc bolt, and putting a paper towel around it, and then get some copper wire, 
wrap that around the paper towel so it doesn't touch the zinc, and then make connections from one copper wire to the other zinc bolt and on and on, series it back. I've got that on my site so you can see the actual pictures. And all you do is put some water on it. Well, you could add a little sea salt if you want. And you'll generate, uh, it'll generate some voltage. And sometimes it's quite a bit of voltage depending upon the surface area of the material used between copper and uh, zinc. And, and that's stuff that can be, can be found. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention is that I, uh, I was out raking in the yard and I stopped for a moment. I was thinking about my AT friends, and I know some people think, well, this is a space nut. Well, I'm sorry, it's not. Uh, uh, I got this, this cloud came down out of the sky, went to the ground, this mist, and in front of my eyes, this alien hieroglyphics floated past like a ticker tape. Just one pass. I went. I was totally awake and just amazed. I was absolutely amazed. So excited. I had ran in the house to try to get a piece of paper so I could write it down. Then it, it disappeared. In other words, the message was being sent. So I took those, what I could remember on the hieroglyphics and converted it to a language equal to the English language so that, uh, that we're coming out with a new product called Alien Texting so that you can type in English, push, shake your iPhone or iPad, it converts it into alien language and, and transmit it and nobody can read it. The other person on the other end who's got the app can shake it, goes back to English. Because if somebody was looking over your shoulder while you're typing, you just shake it, they can't read what you've written. So that's... You, you know, the the evil in me wants to say that every cheating heart in the world right now is just shouting out, yes! <laughs> secret code. <laughs> well, I've, got the, I've was... got my secret decoder ring. I mean, well, well, decoder rifle. Yeah, but I, wanna... I developed that many years ago, but this, this inspired me when I had this uh, this outside, while I was awake, this vision, this thing came right in front of me. And, uh, and so I, uh, ever since that, uh, I, I, uh, everything that I do seems to just flow through my mind. Uh, I don't need a print machine. I don't need any of that stuff. Things just come to me, and I'm told the reaction. I understand the chemical reactions, and then I create newer and newer things. Why is this working this way, and it doesn't work this way? Such an awesome gift. I mean, and I know that you keep mentioning that people might think it's a bit nutty, but to me, it's egotistical beyond belief for any human being to think that we are alone in the universe. Oh, we're not alone. No, we, Of course uh, we're not alone. We can't we're possibly alone. be alone. Just, it doesn't make any... We are actually... Uh, we are part of the genetic of the our, our ET friends. And uh, uh, there's just no other way we could do... Because if you go through all the biblical times, I look at the ancient aliens, I've seen all, all, the, all the... It's all of the data that they show all correlates to the same thing, the people from the stars. So, of course. you know, and, yeah. so we're having help. Why do we see nowadays, 2012? Well, it's activity. I think my belief would be 2012 is when they're going to really expose themselves so they uh, make themselves well-known 
so the, the world knows all those doubters and 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 there's been so many professionals that that's actually seen these things and done these things so it's indisputable uh, oh, and we've well, got really, we've got gently increasing frequency and and blatantness yeah, of these and things I, and I think that's the uh, key people thing are like that... sorry Gene uh, but people are like when will contact begin would you get on with it and I say if you were an advanced civilization and you were planning to make contact that you would start very gently like they right. have and yeah. so I think that the contact protocol and process has already begun. Oh yes, I think some some people are contacted directly. They may see a ship. I've been wanting to see one. I've been waiting for it to land in my yard. But I'll tell you what, uh, I'm getting telepathy. I'm getting information through telepathy, and I, I guarantee. I I had a dream one night, and I you know I don't have too. I never had any of these type of dreams. Ship came. I saw the people. They said they were from. A uh, star system that was uh, K stars. And I said, "What?" And I woke up in the morning and it stuck in my mind. I said, "What's a K star? Is that is that a classification for a star? Is that real?" So I went online and looked, and sure enough, there are K stars. These are stars that are older than our star, that live longer than our star, and NASA has already said. If any life comes from anywhere, they're going to be coming from K stars, because the planets are, are are because of these stars and the way they're situated. So if they're millions of years ahead of us, they've been visiting us for a long time. They've been using the resources of this earth and teaching teaching the primitive people. Of course, primitive people looking at these people coming down from the sky would look at them as gods and call them to us. Each, each culture would have a different name for it, but it all still results in the same thing. The Indian, American Indians call them the star people. I mean, it it, it is it's not coincidental. It, it's 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 so happening all the simultaneous all over the world at the same time. These things were all being done, and so uh, and. Just not too long ago, they had a missile test that was shot off in California, a ballistic missile, shot it off, and they're just doing the test, and they're filming it, and a saucer came in from the right, shot a beam at it, went around it, while this thing's traveling 30,000 miles an hour, hit the other side, and went around the opposite side, and, hit it, and it fell over into the ocean. And the, the senior officers are asking these guys, they're photographers, you guys screwing around with this film? What is that? And the, and they said the sergeant. They says no, no, sir. That that's the real thing. That was a real saucer that took that missile out. Now, military base commanders have called justified in Washington. They had a saucer come over each silo and uh, out west, and it neutralized every single missile in the silo. It happened in England. It happened in Russia. So what they're trying to tell us is that we as a race are progressing so fast that our responsibilities and our, 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 our decision-making is not keeping up with the technological advances that we have. So we could end up destroying ourselves, and they don't want us bringing any nuclear weapons to space. 
No, because nuclear weapons mess up the time-space continuum. And a lot of these people uh, travel interdimensionally. So, I mean, that's going to mess with one, one yeah, small, more than one space. A small right. blast like we did a small in Japan, blast is not a, not big, a big deal. deal but no, but we had a multiple blasts would, yeah. would cause ripples well, would cause throughout the universe. People that were away from their home planet, their navigation could get screwed up to where they couldn't oh, yeah. get back home. That's right. Um, it's, and and, and I, I believe that they have made several quite effective demonstrations to the governments and communicated to them directly, listen, we're not going to, we cannot allow this to happen. Well, how many, yeah. how many new, new, new planets have they found now? They, they, they just discovered many new planets that they've never seen before. And it's absolutely amazing. So, you know, things are changing. It's just that the old world thinking, uh, the, uh, I, you know, I, I, as I say to people, we're only about four clicks out of the cave. You know, w- there are those who are still in the cave, and those are the ones that are creating the problem. Those are the ones that threaten the rest of us, and uh, and uh, some of them are politicians. They, we need to seal the cave, or we need to have them transported to a different planet, dropped off, and say, "Stay la vie." Yeah, we're going to take it elsewhere. Yeah. Let Fred and blow yeah, it up. Let, let them let them fight amongst each other. Take them someplace else and say, "Okay, we're not going to harm you. We're not that. We're not going to lower ourselves to your level." We're going to simply transport you to another planet, and you survive here. This is here. You're, you're exiled to this planet. This is where you'll stay. Well, I mean, why not? We used to exile people to continents. Yeah. Absolutely. South, so, uh, Australia was one of them. Exactly. So why not? The penal colony. And look know? how look how Australia's turned out. Things pretty oh, sharp yeah. down there. Oh, they're That's so right. advanced over there environmentally. <laughs> it's insane. Like, you know, I mean, they're all... Well, Coming had to be, from a criminal blood I felt lineage, if I wanted to live supposedly. The old West frontier life, that'd be the place to go. You can still do that there. They it, have to it, make do with what they have, and that's what we have to do now. We have to take a look and, and look at our, 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 you know, the chopping down the trees in, in the forests in the South America to build this dam. That should be stopped because they're they're moving an indigenous people down there are are, are in tears. That reminds me of Avatar when. That the movie Avatar, when they came to another world, they were destroying this world, and just just so they can get this uh, special compound, and they didn't care how whether they, they they killed off the indigenous people or not. Well, eventually it turned out that they got they got their rear kicked and shipped back home, and, and that ended that. But that's going to same thing happen here. We got a lot of plants and animals down there that we don't even know exist. We, you know, and, and look at the ocean. We don't know. We know more about the moon than we know about the ocean. What's living down there? And we're throwing garbage and you know, trash in the ocean. Now, what's wrong? Are we, you know, supposed uh, we're supposed to be human beings derived from the word humane being? Is it being humane to throw that stuff in there with living creatures in the ocean? Absolutely not. Certainly not. Absolutely no. not. And uh, don't get don't get Jean going on plastic in the ocean. She's just not happy about that. <laughs> but you know, there's a fellow, I think again out of Japan, but he's invented a, a kitchen countertop device that can turn plastic to, to, back to oil. Yeah, I saw that, and uh, 
we had a discussion with one of my partners. The only problem is that that various compounds that uh, plastics are made out of have some very toxic side effects, which is worse than the pure oil itself. You know, so yep. in other words, in other words, it, it emits other chlorinated. Well, it outgasses some of the some yeah. of the nasties. I I have. I have faith that the planet itself is going to find a way to regenerate that that plastic. I mean, they did find a fungus in the rainforest that actually lit, eats plastic. Yeah. And we yeah. do know that there are certain um, there's certain bacteria. I don't even know what they're called. Back. Thank you, bacteria that eat plastic. So, uh, you know, the planet is is a, a self cleansing system, and if we would just get out of the way. That's right. You would have this shit fixed up in no time it's at all. Kind of like our, kind of like our human bodies. They are self-repairing systems, but we throw toxins and insufficient nutrients in them. That's right. And and it uh, and wrong nutrients and you know there's a lot of this packaged stuff out there that is just not food. It's a food-like substance. Yeah, we That's need to start is. growing our own and start. Uh, looking at what Mother Nature provides for us. It provides all the, you know, the air that we have, the quality of life here in Vermont is very exceptional because the air is great. The green, the, the right round of rain, the trees are super green, and I'm sure it's that way in, the, in Quebec because it, uh, we, we're both in the same plane, yeah. area, same uh, area. And... Uh, but we're very fortunate. Unfortunately, out west where they have these droughts and then the, sort of the, the midline where they have all these floods. You know, I have a solution to them. You know, they, they, you know, they build the highways to nowhere, bridges to nowhere. You know, and uh, it's a common sense thing to do for the government. You want to spend some money to make it simple and help people. Take all this water, which you know you're going to get flooding and all this flood land. Divert it over. In other words, make new channels. Divert it over to Texas. Divert it over to the the arid areas of the the Southwest, so they can they can keep their crops and grow their crops. Therefore, you stop the flooding of the lower end states of of the the other of the other states. So there's there's no flooding. There's controls over the water going from excess water down to Texas. And over to the, the, the you know uh, out west where they keep the crops growing, and do they do, do I want to do it? No, because they they've been in Congress so long they don't want to do anything. It's just like uh, Judge Napolitano says, the Congress in the Senate is nothing nothing more than a revolving door for political hacks. You can't get them out of there. They needed to have term limits. People with new ideas, young people in there that, are, are, that understand what the future is all about. Some of these, that's something all they're interested in is their money and power, and we got to stop that. We have the power to do that. We're not, we're 99 percent in control of this situation, and we got to start taking that 99 percent control. We can't wait around any longer. Well, but, and and people need to realize that they vote with their dollars. That's right. And, you know, what I say is, why should they have all this money? If you're going to vote for a person, what's, I want you to vote for me. I want you to vote for me what I stand for and not how much money I got. I, and I'm not interested in 
the money aspect of it. Oh, they said you got to have television, you got to do this, you got to. If you, if part of the problem, look, the United States, I don't care who the president is, what the idealistic situation there is, they have to get past Congress. He can have the greatest ideal situations in the world. If you can't get past those deadbeats in Congress that just want to keep everything stopped, then we're going to get what we what we deserve because we don't kick them out of office. We just run them out of town on the rail. But first of all, let's have the people do their own thing and then say the hell with the government. We can't wait for you. We're going to start community by community by individual and individual. We're going to learn and understand the basic technologies, put these things together ourselves. We're going to run it, make it work, and then show other people in the communities how to do it and build it up in communities in each community. And, and, they, and that's the that's really how people can, you know, people are like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? I have to change this whole society. No, you don't have to no, change the no. society or anything like that. No. Change your own backyard, right? Clean up your own backyard, and soon the planet is clean. That's it right. just works that way, and uh, certainly something that gets you off fossil fuels and 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 saves you a dollar or two. Your neighbors are going to be like, "Hey, dude, what are you doing over there?" Or, you know, the hurricane comes along and everybody's powers off, but you're over there with the lights yep. on and watching TV. You know, it it. it they come around and they say, hey, how you did that? And it, how you did that? It's yeah. so much more effective. The, the thing I appreciate so much about Carl is um, Carl does not, he's not on this radio show making a bunch of hollow threats and no. spouting a bunch of theories. No. As he said, you're welcome to make an appointment and come up to his lab and put your hands on it. That's right. And, um, you know, it's, it's all well and good to make a YouTube video where you're drawing on paper or something and you're telling right. somebody about this idea you have. Um, there's some of them I can look at, and I'm no, my electronics is rather elementary, but I can look at them and tell you it's not going to work. I can, but I, You know, I can teach anybody any subject because I can bring it down to their levels, but yet I can still talk to... I have a group of PhDs who are now talking to me there from out of the University of New Mexico. These guys just want to get out of academia, uh, the thinking of uh, the orthodox approach. They want to now get into putting hands on, make something that works to help uh, this planet and make uh, oscillators that run by themselves and produce power. And, and so what they do, they, they befriended me. So they, we have an association and I had one just was here last week, uh, a physicist who spent four days. He was happy as hell. He, and uh, he used to teach at Annapolis. And uh, he said, Carl, you got so much to teach and so much to learn. He said, it was so great to hear you here four days with you. And then I'm, I'm up here and uh, I have my lab downstairs, my other uh, part of the lab and the part of the garage. Now, I had a 320-700-square-foot space at one facility. But the two companies on both sides kept polluting it with carbon monoxide with their forklifts, and I got sick. I complained. The second time I complained to the park owner, they told me, get out. Well, my partner took a portion, a great portion of the lab up to his hangar in Stowe, Vermont, and I, I, I rented out two empty storage spaces, 
And then I set up the rest of the new stuff in to expand the lab so I, because I'm working on really advanced things. Then along come when the doors open, I'm doing work, and these little kids are 15, 16 years old would drive up with a bike and say, hey, what are you doing? And I'm saying, I'm working on the, this thing. I'm going to eventually get this engine running on water. Oh, that's cool. That's cool, man. We ought to do that. That's what we ought to do. I said, well, I know. But I said, not teaching that in school. No, we don't learn any of that stuff. <laughs> and I said, well, I said, that's part of the problem. We've got a pretty poor educational system. And uh, although I feel sorry for a lot of the, the, the university students because a lot of them don't know any more when they come out of there than they did when they went in there because they teach in an orthodox manner. And I said, you've got to get out of that, off, off that beaten path and start understanding what the real needs of the world are, what the needs of the people. Well, in, in, people talk about schools squashing creativity. Um, schools were sort of engineered at their present spot to provide good workers to, you know, the machine and and to provide experts. And there's a, a Buddhist saying and philosophy that I go with wholeheartedly, which is, that on any subject whatsoever, in the expert's mind, the options are very few. They've been taught just exactly how it works. So they have two or three solutions. That's it. In the beginner's mind, the options are infinite because they haven't been told how it works or how it doesn't work. And they're able to look at it with their fresh eyes and their fresh perspective, and they see things that the rest of us just don't see. That's right. And... Uh, I we've had the honor of dealing with some really spectacular young people on this show, and um, and you know if we stay out of the way of their creativity, uh, you know, but they get they come out with these ideas in elementary school and junior high, and the teachers they have don't they they don't understand the subject. Hell, I don't understand half of them. And um, they get told, oh, that's your imagination, or that won't work, or shut up, right, or right. shut up, they get a lot. Well, I always thought my, that was interesting. You go to school to learn to communicate. The first thing they tell right. you is don't talk. Well, my, my my approach to solving the, the educational problem is simply is you put people who have the experience in industry, who have real hands-on experience, and can understand what the real world's about, make them the teachers. Because the, the teachers, all they get is the same thing they get taught all the way back since, uh, you know, the biblical times. So, mm-hmm. you know, nothing changes. you got to put the teachers with the open mind, that, that expands your mind, that makes it, it, it creates you give a little bit of theory, then you have a practice where you show them how things work, and they see how it works. They can connect the two together. But if it's just all theory on a board and written on the board, take it home, study this, pass the test, what? They don't remember that. They just passed the test. So they don't have to continue to understand it. So what you want to do is excite them by carrying out experiments on every subject so they get a chance to get hands-on, and from there, you'll get a lot more in 
it's the young people involved with the everyday world situation and solving these problems. Yeah, because when you find something these these kids want to know, are curious about, are passionate about, they will stand there in the pouring rain to figure it out. But oh, if you yeah. try to cram stuff down their throat that they just can't see any possible interest in, they're not going to, they don't learn anything really. They regurgitate and go on. And anyway, I don't want to get too soapboxy about education. I could mm, do a, mm, a whole mm. month worth of shows about it. Uh, <laughs> but fortunately, there are some really progressive models of education that I that are working on a global scale that I think are ready to step in as soon as people are willing to throw up their hands and go, look, what we got ain't working. Because right. uh, that, to me, is the simple, it's, it's, it's that simple, people. What we got ain't working in the long uh, run. So uh, what's the options? Well, we, we quit subsidizing what we're doing that ain't working. Right. And right. if they took 10% of the fossil fuel subsidies and turned it onto alternative research, we'd be driving hover cars in 20 years. I mean, well, it, it's... it's um, uh, Kids, kids I mean, come with a curiosity from the day that they discover their feet are attached to the end of their legs. That's right. And and you let them go where it goes. You know, they say, well, but all he wants to know about is computer games. Do you have any idea how much computer game designers make? Yeah. So, you know, and, and they might get interested in, there's a kid from the school. What's the school? I can't think of the name of the school, Gene. What? What? Sudbury Valley School. There was a kid that went there, and that's all he did for like a year and a half was play video games. And then he got really curious about the impact these video games had on him and his friends and the stimulation and the stuff. And has now, you know, graduated. He's a specialist in in environmental neurostimulation or something like that. It's, you know, he studies how things like game pictures, images, and sounds interact with our brains. And he probably wouldn't be doing that if somebody kept telling him you can't be playing those games at school. You got to study math and reading and this and that. Well, you know, it comes down to the fact that you you should have a, a the basic math should understand should be able to at least be able to write and communicate. Other than that, and then have it and then let the kid focus on what he's best at: science, music, art, whatever, because. It it uh, because they can always learn the rest of the stuff during their lifetime. Uh, then let, let them pick and choose at that point. Uh, for instance, uh, I I discovered that after learning these hieroglyphics, I I took a piece of copper and I studied uh, the 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 uh, reaction of copper against the human's body. Now, when you take a piece of copper, I have a piece that I have engraved an alien, and it says, uh, peace on earth all through all. I carry it in my pocket. It's a nice, beautiful piece. And I take it out, and I rub it in my hands, and you, and you put it up to your nose. You smell this, like, metallic smell. Well, it's, metal does not have a smell. What it does is produce is a, a, a uh, compound instantaneously with your skin that kills Viruses, bacteria, and even MRSA. And you carry this in your pocket when you walk into the mall. You just take it and rub it on your hands, and your hands are disinfected. 
It's as simple as that. And people in the in these countries that are poor, if they got copper just laying around, utilize the copper for sanitation purposes. Whatever they got to do, you know, find copper pieces, use it for that purpose. And uh, that's that's one simple thing that people can do. Uh, and and that's just the beginning of of many of the things that I could tell you that what could be used uh, on a simplistic basis that would get these people moving. And, yeah, uh, and well, and we post a lot of those things on our Changemakers page on Facebook. Um, there's a ingenious outfit making water filters uh, over India. They go in where there's an area where people are having problems with diarrhea and other waterborne illnesses and find out that the way they sanitize their waters to boil it, well, that's a little hit and miss. Uh, better than nothing, but it's a little hit and miss. So they found a place where they were making pots, pottery, and, and they showed them how to make this particular kind that becomes porous when it's fired, and, and, and then they spray the inside with silver solution yeah. and let that soak into the pot. Yep. And you, it doesn't have a drain hole in the bottom. It's solid, and you just put the right. water in the top, and it drips through the ceramic. And is, yeah, families that have them have not had any sickness in their house, uh, you know, any diarrhea in their house for like two years, and they used to never go two months. And that's an amazing difference when people don't have to worry about when's the next time that they're going to throw their guts up. That's right. They and, can actually and, think about bettering their life. You know? See, silver is uh, very expensive, but copper is readily available, and scrap copper, any kind of copper you can get your hands on, you should be able to use that, and, and, and think about applying it to that in that kind of situation. And I can show many different ways to, to, to do that, but just having a simple piece that's a hard piece, it's not sharp, but just keep that in your hand, in your pocket. When you go in the mall... After you open the door, you don't know who's grabbed that door on the knob. So you, you rub your hands with this after you go through. You shake hands with somebody who may have a cold or you know, who's got some flu. Rub your hands with it before before you go touching your face. It's a simple process like that. It's retraining people to think about the substances with materials that we have that do amazing things. This has been approved by the FDA, and the FDA confirmed all this. That this they they want all the hospitals to go to copper doors doorknobs, man because it kills it definitely kills bacteria virus and MRSA. Wow. And so that's so that's just one thing. Then then there's 50 other other questions about look at Mother Nature you study it. They you see you see solar cells. Well, I happen to know how a solar cell is made. It's like it's a semiconductor. So I'm seeing this. You got sunlight coming in, so the photons comes in, knocks an electron out of orbit out of a silicon, which is dead center. There's a phosphorus part that's on the one side and a boron part on the opposite side of this cell. The phosphorus grabs the electron, stores it, and the boron likes to give up electrons, so it gives up the electron back to the to the the, the, the uh, silicon. And then when you connect the wire from the front to the back, all the electrons that are piled up on one side move through the wire to the positive side so long as the sunlight keeps striking the silicon. Then you have a, a motor that continuously runs. And that's in sunlight. 
So I said, all right, what about what about uh, mushrooms? They say mushrooms grow in the dark. That's just the opposite. I says, what is the mechanism that that allows it to grow in the dark? It won't grow in the light, but it'll grow in the dark. We haven't figured it out. That's one thing we should be looking at. So if we could figure out how the mushroom works in the dark, we would have a way of producing electricity even when it gets dark. From Mother Nature, there's all kinds of uh, solutions. We're just not looking close enough at it. It's often too comfortable to sit in the energy of the space of the stuff that you know works. Yes. Yeah. And And I'm sorry. No, that's it's okay. Carry on. I'll stay out of you guys' techie. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Trying to steer, trying to steer away from that just yeah, a pad. We're getting close yeah, to closing yeah, time anyway. Yeah, Gene, come ask me the questions you were going to ask me. <clears throat> well, we're almost out of time, but no, it's really, it's really. I think it's about, it's about being comfortable with what they know works, and these other concepts are are scary because they're not proven yet or people assume they're not proven. So it's, yeah, safer, says Leslie. Um, it's safer to stay with what you know, but in the long run, it's just going to drain us and, and we're not going to be safe at all. So, I mean, people need to get outside of the box. That's right. And, and they need to meet uh, people like me who have uh, the drive to teach, uh, and to, to carry on the research to make it work, and prove to them that it works, and to show them how it works, and make them do it, and, and then uh, let it let it uh, branch out to the world population. And that way, there we can free ourselves of the of the the evil people who are holding us all back. And, and this will give us a chance for our planet to recover from this oil and gas pollution that's going on. I honestly think that the people that are holding us back are ourselves because we've spent so much of our time relying on the supposed people who are in supposed control and handing them all that power. Right. Right. And saying to them, take care of it because we can't be bothered. That's right. We're too complacent. Yeah. And now, okay, things are going wrong. So now we're going to blame them. Well, we should be blaming ourselves for not paying attention to what's going on. That's right. We have got to have the teachers who can teach uh, the, a new way of looking at things, and they got to start looking at things with a, a greater depth of understanding. Look at nature, what it does. Uh, you watch the indigenous people of different plants, even the animals. That's how the, the indigenous people of South America understand about medicine. They see an animal eat certain things that uh, when the animal's ill, the animal gets better. Well, they finally figured out just by watching the animal. Well, you know, we're, we're just too lazy. It's just so easy to go to the store, you know, and uh, and just to buy what we want. We And we don't know what we're buying. We should buy products made here in Vermont, made in Canada, and, and not be buying stuff that comes from other countries or produced by Monsanto that are anybody that's fooling around with the, the genetics of this stuff, none of that stuff should be bought. 
You know, all natural stuff should be made, and we could do that. It's just, it's just a matter of getting the people to fire out of the people. You know, if they, they, they want to wallow in the same stuff and be stuck in the same situation, it's our fault. Absolutely, and the only one who's going to get us out of it is us. That's right. That's right. The reason we're the ones we've been waiting on is because we're the ones that are here. <laughs> it's always been the case, and you know I hate to make it so simple, but it is that's that there it is, people. That's right. And it, 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 uh, but we got we need to have certain people put a fire on the rest of them, get them going, to show how it can be done. And then all of a sudden, that's why I got a lot of inquiries uh, on. Uh, People inquire about this. Was this real? Is that real? They send me uh, YouTube things, and is this thing really real? You know, so they're trying to, they're using me as a confirmation to, to confirm some of these things, and that's what I'm slowly doing between my own research, uh, uh, the the medical device we're going to sell. Uh, yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna eliminate a lot of drugs from being used, but it's gonna help everybody. Uh, whether you have arthritis, whether you have getting uh, uh, a Parkinson's disease, uh, uh, all that. I think of both that, you know, and I really, I really, uh, I'm really uh, uh, depressed and disturbed by what I see on television every night, especially when I see people starving, and then I'm looking at the the. the, the the Pope and the church sitting around all this gold and mm. all that stuff. And I'm saying to myself, there's something Uh-oh. wrong, something wrong with this picture. Dangerous there, territory. I know dangerous territory, but it's a, uh, is there something? No, I just mean with Jean. She's yeah. here growling. I have serious yeah. issues with the church and the it's abuse it's, of, of the resources that it has and, it's, and it's, the claim that they're helping all these starving children that, all over the world right. yet. Yet they still I, sit. They still sit on a golden throne and tell the world that they have to tighten their belts. That's Until right. you sit on a pile of dirt and tell me that that's you've right. given up all your worldly freaking possessions in order that's to help right. others, you have no right to tell the rest of the world that they have to give up theirs. That's right. Like nice. I told I you, I'm not a religious person, but look at Mother Teresa. You know what she said? She says she didn't really believe. She may been a member of the Catholic Church, but she didn't believe because she she knew the reality. There was no no divine anything. She just she just did it out of humanity. She just helped people that needed to be helped, and that's all she did it for. And that's all it should be for. It shouldn't right. be for it shouldn't be for position. It shouldn't be for a title. It shouldn't be so that you can go to heaven. It should simply be because that's your fellow human being, and goodness gracious, that's a part of you, a part of your world, an extension of everything that is. You should care. That's right. Now, here's the final thing that I can say. There was a newscast showing people, family, escaping from Libya because of the killing that's being done. They went over to Morocco. And they were they were being housed and being fed and taken care of by a Moroccan family. The newscaster lady turned to the guy from Morocco and says, "Why are you doing this?" He had the best answer in the world. He looked at her. He he said, "Are you human?" She said, "Yeah." He says, "Well, so am I." 
And that's uh, that's that, that, the end that of the story, much, people. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I yeah. mean, really. Okay. Um, now I'm given to understand that we do have a caller in queue. Yes, we do. Um, I, who, I think Zach is with us here. Zach is with us. So um, I'm thinking if we can take a quick break, we're going to extend the show maybe for a few minutes so that we can get Zach's question or comments in, and then uh, we'll let you all go home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rick? Well, am I talking on mute again? Wow. I'm just babbling away over here, doing my thing. Yeah, okay, we're going to take a brief break, folks, and then we come back. We'll get Zach on the line. And But I already said all that, but nobody was hearing me. <laughs> all right. Much fun. All right, okay. well, here Stick we go. Us. We'll be right back, folks. Where's Where's the button? Where's the button? Button. <laughs> Everybody has a story, a moment in their life that was a turning point that set them upon a path of self-discovery and adventure. Here at Everyday Connection, we value the sharing of those moments, recognizing them to be the inspiring and uplifting gifts that they truly are. We would like to show our appreciation, not just to our guests and sponsors, but to our listeners and supporters who make it possible for us to share those stories. If you would like to support the continued success of Everyday Connection, share your own story, or know somebody whose story can touch the hearts of others, drop by everydayconnection.me and find out how you can become a part of our ever-expanding EC family. Together we arise and fail 
the west and the thunder, of the east and the sun. In the north, the shining elders, and the south, our mother's womb. To those above and below us, to the seen and unseen, those who have walked before and after, we ask your assistance to live simply. Please forgive us, for we know not what we do, and we thank you for all you help us. have it folks earth prayer from our dear friend Eno B uh, you should drop by and check out her website she's doing some really cool stuff with uh, her earth prayer project uh, excellent excellent stuff alright we have with us on the line Zach hey Zach Hello. how's it going just fine how are you ah we're doing good that's good. Can you hear me okay? You bet. All right, good deal. So do you want to start with uh, a turn of energy, devices, uh, whatever else you want to name it? <laughs> well, you're you're the caller, love, so uh, you pick your topic, and then yeah. you, you and Carl can, can discuss it. There's quite a few different topics I'm quite good at. Uh, computers, technology, uh, gizmos, alternative energy sources, etc. I think you had mentioned HHO in the chat room earlier. Oh, yes, yes. I was thinking the other day on a uh, cheaper way to uh, convert your vehicle over to a uh, alternative fuel. In the meantime, while... Like, if my idea were to actually be accepted by InventHelp at the end of the month, which I hope for you will, they can help me out with uh, finding a company to a, uh, help produce it and all that stuff. Uh, meantime, I was thinking of a way for people to be able to get away from the gas pump, starting to pay all those crazy prices for fuel. And I was thinking... Possibly a fairly easy build would be able to uh, HHO, electrolysis uh, generator, you know, water distilled and uh, sodium hexafluoride, I believe it's called. And, uh, and that 
bring it into the air air intake. Then in place of the fuel tank, where it's usually gasoline, you could have uh, your alcohol with a sort of bubbler almost, where it sucks, bringing a vacuum, sucking air through the alcohol through the tube. It's basically vaporizing or mugrizing the alcohol molecules, and that's basically to help cool down the engine. Also to help out with producing a clean burn, because the uh, gasoline it burns at a 15 to 1 ratio, if I remember correctly, and the hydrogen burns at 25, 30 to 1. So it's a bit too high for a regular engine, you know. But uh, well, you're you're working on you're you're working directly on a hydrogen uh, oxygen and generator uh for use in vehicles right now correct carl well we yeah we uh we have a simple system that will deliver a uh at least one to two liters per minute and we put that in we put that in the vehicle from uh detroit um uh, a diesel engine and um I have a patent on this particular design, and we we took this truck out to a parking lot, put the brake on, and he turned the turned the uh, the uh, high ox system off, and then when he he stepped on the gas, floored it, and held the brake, and the truck just leaned forward, didn't go anywhere. And I said, all right, now back it off and turn a, turn the system on. He turned the system on. And then he floored it in the in and held the brake and the truck skipped across the skipped across the parking lot. So he had all he could do to the truck just moved. It just wow. moved. Yeah. That's that's some serious torque, brother. That's right. And so then when we took it on the road, I mean it just uh it plus it cleaned the engine itself. The it uh as it burns it forms uh, water that's which helps my second world war they they always threw some water in the engines to help keep the the carbon out of the uh the engines itself so the water vapor itself would help strip the carbon out keep the oil clean and keep the engine nice and uh, clean so that's that's one of the systems we have patented and uh we got uh probably three other systems we're working on uh that are one that is the most advanced beyond all of them, which the energy drops off by 80% on the input energy. Now, there's different kinds of compounds that you can put in there are called electrolytes. With distilled water, you can mix the potassium hydroxide with the distilled water, and then you add your electrode system. And then, uh, and the best way to do it is hook it up in a series system and run it off uh, a car battery but it with it's got to be a a alternator that has 13.5 volts gives you the maximum output of uh uh 2h2 plus o2 okay so uh that now which in cars what they do with the vehicles nowadays they put an oxygen sensor in the car now the oxygen sensor if it sees the additional hydrogen and oxygen coming in there it, what it'll do is uh, 
cause the vehicle to increase the fuel consumption because it seizes additional oxygen. So what happens is there's circuits on the market right now that trick that trick that computer to make it think it's looking at the normal oxygen level when it's really not. And that way there you 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 can put the the uh, high ox fuel directly into the engine and uh, they have no problems. Now we we've, we've done this in one of our shops there at NASCAR uh, major NASCAR shop that uh, we put on brand, big brand new General Motors uh, racing engines. And it made a big difference uh, on that engine. So that's, and. Uh, so, the, so if, um, uh, sorry to interrupt you there, Carl. No, if, uh, go ahead. Uh, if a young fellow like Zach, yeah. uh, and of course people that know me know I'm not a big fan of age as a qualifier, but, uh, so if a young fellow like Zach or an old fellow like me had an idea right. and wanted to uh, sketch it out and have you take a look at it yeah. and see if it was uh, uh, realistic in your eyes, that's something that uh, that's something you do on a regular basis, isn't it? Well, it, it's, it's something I, I evaluate for other people, and I, and I look at other other uh, systems out there. The problem is that they don't pay attention to material science. They have to take in consideration uh, the type of material they're using, the thermal expansion rate of the material, the conductivity, the re chemical resistivity of the materials. So all of that has to be taken in consideration when the, when you got a system up and running. How much pressure can you run it at? How much temperature can you run it at? So all of those parameters have to be adjusted so that the thing runs smoothly. So what, is I, what I do is take a look at all the material sets, uh, but the, the plates themselves, you can use standard plate 6x6, six six, long as 316 uh, stainless steel, and make the plates at least uh, three three uh, sixteenths of an inch thick. And they must be hooked up in a series uh, system. But uh, that, and, and, and the, the seals that you have to use have to be very specific. They should be using Viton seals. Um, the input ports should be uh, uh, maybe polysulfone. And the housing for it should be polysulfone. Don't use PVC. Everybody, everybody and their uncle is using PVC, and it's not the best chemical resistance material to be using. So I'm giving I'm giving some valuable information right now about material science to, to the system that will work uh, extremely well. But just for reference sake, through history, yeah. it's not been unusual for a amateur to see something oh, no. like a different electrolyte or a different electrode or no, uh, no. that's it, that's where a lot of our true advances have come from yeah sure just experimentation that's what it is all, all of it is experimentation as long as you aware that whatever you're going to use for a chemical that you have the proper eyewear on the proper gloves and because it's very caustic it's not acidic it's caustic and it will burn the skin it get in your eyes it could blind you uh, so you got to handle it properly. I mean, you 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 just just throw it in there and, and don't care how how it's utilized or emptied. And there's a you got to always worry about you got to concern about the concentration because the, the concentration determines how much current will be fed through it. So you have to have a current sensor measure the sensor. If the current goes up, that means the concentration going down because you 
you've produced a lot of hydrogen oxygen. You have to have a sensor that kicks in that solenoid valve that opens up distilled water, puts more water back into it, brings it back to the normal normal uh, amp load. So it's, it, it's it's simple, but you know I could explain it and show it and diagram it uh, a lot easier than it is when you're telling somebody it's uh, that hasn't had a lot of experience or has some experience with it, but not not uh, not the high success with it. Right. But it well, does it, it does work. It does work very well if you do it right. Um. Certainly amazing information. Uh, I strongly encourage folks uh, to drop by and uh, and uh, see Carl on the web at uh, Scotty's Engineering. I just, well, I just put it in there, and well, it rolled right <laughs> off the page. We've got a very active chat group, a very active family, Scotty's Engineering. And um, where else uh, Where else should they look to find on you? My, on my Facebook uh Go to my Facebook, uh, Carl Sheldon, and I also have a group called United People's Planet where I post mostly the drawings. I get drawings in there that show about the Sterling engine, drawings in there that shows all kinds of uh, frequency conversion devices. Uh, I got drawings, and many many technical drawings that you can you can uh, careful study, and it shows a, a lot of. Uh, YouTube systems that are working, and then I'm evaluating myself to see if they work for sure. And uh, but I'll do. I'll tell you one thing: um, Nikola Tesla is one person that you should study because uh, for, for, the, for the, the final time, I, I worked at a, a Tesla device, and most people only get up to maybe 15 volts out of this thing, out of radiant energy. I'm able to get a hundred over a hundred volts out of this radiant energy. You don't feel a thing. Passes through my body, charges this thing up, and it'll zap you bad. So I I I developed that and I just says to tell you, Doctor Morey back in nineteen twenty two, he went out in the middle of the field, pound the pipe for six feet into the ground, put an antenna up fifty feet length, thirty three feet from the ground. And he tuned it in with a crystal. He made a very crude uh, diode, and he was able to get 50,000 watts of power in the middle of nowhere, and it was proven by all the scientists. He was shot at. He was threatened by the government, and he, his assistant smashed his equipment because he didn't sell it to the Russians, and uh, Dr. Mori took it to the grave with him. Amazing, I'm, amazing I'm, subject. I'd, we'd love to have you back, and uh, we could probably oh, do a whole show on Nikola Tesla. Oh yeah. Um, but we are. We've pushed a, well past our normal ending time. You folks have been <laughs> wonderful to stay with us. We've still got a nice crowd in the chat room. Um, and uh, uh, but folks, definitely uh, go visit and see what Carl's up to because uh, he's not a he's not a theorist. He's a He's an engineer. He makes things that work. Actually, so. I, and, and I'm, I'm, my objective is to help the people on this planet uh, and to help this planet to survive. So, uh, great resource. And uh, I'm glad that uh, you were able to share it with us tonight. Like I said, we'd love to have you back sometime. Well, I appreciate Rick and Jane. Uh, I'm, I was very glad to, uh, to be on tonight, and I hope I... 
at least provided some useful information to the uh, general public, and uh, that was worth something to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're full of a wealth of crazily valuable information. I do have some videos on my uh, website. Uh, if we go on there, there's one that they, they kept trying to remove. It's called Chain Reaction. If they look, keep looking at old postings on my on Facebook, on my main page, go all the way down until they see a yellow-looking uh, voltmeter. Click on that, and they'll say Chain Reaction. It's my, one of my companies is a motion picture company where I'm developing. Um, I did the shooting on that. And it shows you all the uh, uh, technology that's being being developed, and it's for now and not 10 to 20 years from now. The, the radio show that I do have, it's inventing the future now. Yes. Awesome stuff. Right now. All right. right now. Well, listen, folks, we really appreciate you being with us. I hope you can uh, join us on Thursday night because we have a great show with uh, – Brendan Culleton, uh, also known as Skull Babylon, uh, runs uh, Paradigm Shift London, meaning London, Ontario, and uh, uh, doing some amazing things. And our 100th show and one-year anniversary, we're just going to have all kinds of fun, and we've got great guests coming up for the rest of the month, as we always do. So uh, have a great solstice tomorrow, and uh, join us again Thursday evening, and until then, Stay connected. Good night, everybody. Good night. night. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details so you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.